Today's podcast is powered by Northwest Pizza and Pasta Company out of Ashland, Oregon. Shout out to the owner, Morgan George, and everybody there um, that was kind enough to sponsor us and packaging new microphones and video and rolling out new stuff. It's been a down week, but for now, let's get into it, y'all. Meet the Brave, we're back. We're back. Um, I'm your host, Monty Draper. I am solo today. No LG, no Juan Poe. Shout out to my brothers, though. Um, schedules are crazy. And we had a down week. Didn't want to hit you with another down week. And so I'm here to bring y'all Meet the Brave questions edition. Um, so early or Sunday evening, recording recording a Sunday night, early Sunday afternoon, Put on my IG story, uh, send questions, and shit, if y'all didn't show out and send hella questions. Um, I didn't specify whether or not um, people wanted their identity revealed. Um, so some of them I'm, like, comfortable with saying names because I, like, know y'all, know y'all. And then some of y'all I'm, like, kind of cool with. And, and some of these questions are, like, the ones that aren't personal Fuck it. Let's let's not do names. And then next next time we do questions, we'll specify whether names should be known. I just don't I don't I don't I don't know. I should have said that before. So that's my bad. Um, But before we get into all that, how's everyone doing? It's nice to be back. I'm recording live from Oakland, California tonight. Um, Damn, you get so dependent upon a podcast. We got in a really dope groove there. whether I was in Amsterdam, whether Poe was traveling for business there, L had to step out, whether no matter what it was, we got in a really dope groove there. So this week kept, felt kind of funny and none of us are hella big into the holidays and that. Cause it, so it wasn't because of the holidays, um, but the, the distribution company for the podcast that we use, shout out to Simplecast, because um, they're such a small company. Um, there's a lag in how fast the episodes get uploaded and all this stuff. So that just seemed hectic. Lex was traveling because of family. I was I was gone away in Lake Charles. So Lake Charles, Louisiana, shout out to all the family back there. We had an, an amaz- amazing stay. It was so nice to see everyone and kind of kind of uh, decompress for a little bit. Um, but so that was the reason for not having an episode last week. Um, but it, it felt some it felt off. And <laughs> it what what it what was cool about it is that it revealed that people hella fuck with the show, though. So we got a bunch of DMs. Um, and some comments like, yo, some, I got some texts like, yo, no podcast this week. Like people have become dependent upon it on, on Mondays to start their week. And so felt, it felt good to be missed, but it also made you feel really bad for not just going the extra mile and making sure that we had a podcast. Cause we could have easily did one. I traveled with equipment. I know the guys would have made time to make sure it had, that it happened. Um, so I, I dropped the ball on that y'all. That's, that's my fault, but it, we're back, you know, a week off and, and pick up where we left off, and we're in the years winding down, and we start like it'll be a full year of the podcast, man. We started this back in February, um, and I'm just so proud of it to see where it's come, and it's it's really fitting to go 
back to a one-man show the way it started initially with with the guest and the host and and a lot of the banter was about growing and developing and evolving in real time and you guys have gotten to do that with the show so experimenting trying to see what works what doesn't work all this stuff and then shout out to everybody that sent feedback along the way um my, my brother eli amaki relax uh, my brother eli um B walk uh, Morgan, all these different people have sent feedback over the times um, in regards to like how to make the show better. Uh, so it's been it's been incredible and it, it's dope to be here. And the, and the awesome thing about the growth is and I've talked about it on show on the show before that the initial pitch of the show um, was with Ellen Poe always in mind. Like that was supposed to be initial format of the show. And I pitched it to them. They weren't really feeling it, and it's like, all right, well, I got to do it because I've already put these wheels in motion to have a podcast, and I've been want I'd been wanting to do one, um, so I started doing it. And the 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 format that we had in the beginning was really really great. It was introducing so many new people, so many of my favorite people, and like heroes and and people that were doing really cool shit in real time. And so I got to showcase them to you know a small audience, but an audience, you know, and it, and, and it was it was fantastic and i and i and i want to bring that back um so that the the interview one-on-one portion of meet the brave will be back uh top of the year for sure with some awesome interviews uh but the 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 dream was to always sit down with my guys and and the reason the reason i always thought that would be a cool show is because what would happen is that we would get ready to go out a thursday or friday saturday or whatever and the night would just go on these crazy peaks and valleys, like it'll be fired up, be sipping, be around some women, like be having a blast. And then I'll, I'll roll, I'm, I'm the only one that smoke. I'll roll up, whatever, they'll be faded. And, and then we'll have these deep ass conversations that'll go off into something else. But then we get right back to the shit immediately. You know what I'm saying? And, and I, it was such a real representation for how those nights exist they're not just one thing and for a lot of us we're not just one thing and we get typecast that just as just being one thing and the beautiful thing about to, to me and you know it's my bias because they're they're they're, they're blood but my bias towards ellen poe are that they're the epitome of not being one thing you know they they uh optic optically they look a certain way so naturally you may suspect a certain thing from them but they couldn't be any more tell intelligent um thoughtful and 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 well versed in a lot of different things and so I was honored to be able to bring that and share that and and give a lot of people insight to my world because traveling so much I get um people oh man you 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 know you you balance all this and 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 really and truly it's because of my guys like they they keep me um sort of sharp in that way because they're so sharp you know what i'm saying and so i wanted to be able to bring my reality uh closer to the forefront and so that's what we did with meet the brave and we're approaching a year and it feels fucking great um and i just want to thank everybody who's grown with us i want to thank simplecast i want to thank dj flow and miles for helping getting the show started i want to thank sal for all the creative direction I want to thank Lex for all the creative direction. I want to thank Tyler for his work on some of the graphics. Um, who the hell am I missing? I want to, again, 
Northwest Pizza. Morgan, thank you so much for the gear. The mics sound great. Um, who am I? Mean, my boy Daniel Oda over at Guitar Center for dealing with me so we get this fucking sound right, man, and we got it dialed in. Um, and Meet the Brave will continue to grow. I love this show. I'm not giving up on it. It means everything to me. Like it, it really has become my baby. It's the one thing I can sort of depend on and lean on to be consistent. You know, the the business, the industry, music industry is so fucking up and down. Like jobs come and they don't, shows and this and that and that and that and that. But this is the one thing I can that no one can take from me. You know, no matter what. So if it's with my guys, if it's not with my guys, you guys will be getting meet the brave. So thank y'all for rocking. And <laughs> and with that. Shout out to everybody that sent all these questions. Um, so we're going to get to the questions. But, but, oh, before we get to the questions, uh, what do you know? Your boy is going on uh, a seven-city a seven run, six-city run, excuse me, um, tour shows to, to, to tour my latest release, Mercy, on At That Records. Um, I hadn't talked much about it on a podcast. I was indifferent about mixing the two, but fuck all that. This is this is my show. It's <laughs> my platform, and and why wouldn't I big my shit up? You know, I'm so proud of this album. Uh, I got to work with Locksmith. I got to work with GQ. I got to work with Kevin Allen. I got to work with Emily McLean, and I got to work with motherfucking Mike Sneed. And boy, when you talk about, like, just an immense array of talent. Like Mike Sneed is going to be special. Like Mike Sneed is going to take the world by storm here any second. Now, whenever his project drops, the world is going to sort of stop. Um, I stand by that. So shout out to Mike for being on the album. Emily McLean, the second I heard her sing, I was like, yo, I have to work with her. Um, and G the GQ feature, man, is such a blessing. Cause I'm, you know, I, I'm one of those people that's like a, like a super fan. Um, but I can do it from afar, sort of play my role. But the relationship with Q goes back so far because him and L are like homie, like they homies, homie, like them niggas got mistaken for like twins coming up. You know, they the gay, the Hoopers, they're they're two of the more more known Hoopers from our area ever in like in like history. That's not even exaggerating. So they always sort of got mixed up with each other, like being brothers, being related or whatever. So that like I've I've known Q from playing the background of being L's little cousin, but Q, you know, he meets so many people, he never put two and two together. So we just so happen to be working with these two producers, Soundtrack and Zenon, who they're all crew. Soundtrack, Zenon, Q, they're all ODS one day soon. And Q is is, uh, is signed to Jamla as well, Ninth Wonder Rhapsody. And he just so happened to be home. He needed somewhere to record and ended up recording out at, out at my place for shit a couple weeks there and making fire and then I finally got the courage enough to ask him to be on one of the joints and he kind of looked at me like duh fool like you family like it's good you know and, and laced me and blessed me with a verse and and um the Kevin Allen feature is 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 so powerful too because he he drove all the way out to the house and just we we powwowed and built on some real shit and and um he made the beat on the spot I was humming the melody of the chorus while he was making a beat. He's like, go lay that immediately. And we wrote we wrote those verses together. And that's why they we sort of cut each other off like that and, and, and go back and forth. So that's such a special song to me. Blood in the Water on Mercy. Um, the Locksmith feature. Man, those who know me know how much that meant to me, too. 
uh, when I first moved back from college. Uh, I got to I got to start specifying uh, when I say move back, because I've been talking to people lately like, yo, when I came back home, you're like, you, you did a bid like, <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I won't last in nobody's jail, bro. Like, nah, I, I, um, I was coming back from school. So when I first moved back from school, uh, Locke's sister um, was thinking about managing me. So we worked really closely together for a few months there. And I got to go to Atlanta with them for A3C and spent a lot of time with Locke. But, you know, the again, this entitlement, man, and I, and I talk about it a lot, but we all sort of suffer from it. Or well, let me let me not let me talk about myself. I was experiencing this entitlement sort of feeling because a lot of my friends were in music already. So here I am showing up back home thinking it's going to be a breeze. I'm going to be able to get a Sue feature, a Pilo feature, a Locksmith feature, all this shit just without proving yourself. And what happened with Sue and Pilo is that they're family. So they didn't question it. But in the back of their mind, they're probably like, come on, money. Like, Man, you know, but and, and and but those they're they're such good guys that I know that they didn't even do that. But in hindsight, they have been working like they've been working so hard, like and you're talking about a six, seven year head start of of grinding it out, you know, and 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 paying for studio time, paying for mixing and just working hella hard. And and what you what you can't account for is the sort of um the sort of appreciation for everything that the the grind gives you, you know what I'm saying? And so what 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 a lot of art, and that's not just in music, that's in any industry, when people sort of just think they're going to skip all those steps and come right to the top and go, yo, man, I need this, I need that. Everybody looking at you like, fam, can you go do the, the, the can you go start in the mailroom first? And that's not no shade, that's not no nothing. It's just, a, it just, it makes you appreciate things a lot more and puts things in perspective for you. So I said all that to say, because I was walking, working with Locke's sister, I assumed that I'd be able to get a verse. And it don't work like that. You know, here's somebody that's been at the top, like been a notable top tier MC for more than a decade now. And you just showing up to the to the party thinking you don't, you don't get to work with this person and you ain't got no money for a feature fam. You better go sit down somewhere. And it was the most humbling shit in the world because he's such a great guy. He would never say it like that, but he didn't have to. And I don't know what it was inside of me that didn't take it. Well, I know why I didn't take it personal. I was reading the fucking four agreements at the time. Um, and just like, don't take things, don't take anything personal. It's like, oh, this, this isn't personal. It's just reevaluated and look at it from his perspective, you know, and he and and he never even said no. You know what I'm saying? He was like, yo, let's 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 take our time and look at some things. He was honest about it. He's like, yo, let's 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 pump your brakes on that one, young young boy. But he was hella nice about it. And when we got back from Europe last year and I got to play him rock, he looked at me, he was like, Oh, you you got it now. You know, and we were walking out, we were walking, um, walking to his car and he was like, Yo, bro, like, I I'm I'm proud of you. You 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 did this, you did the work. Like anything you need, I got you. And he was true to his word. A couple couple days later, for, uh, DJ Flo and I cooked up uh, Escape, which is track three uh, or track shit. Is it track three or four on Mercy? It's on Mercy, featuring Locksmith. And 
we cooked, we made that track and I was like, this needs lock on it. And Flo looked at me like, you shoot, can we get him? I was like, I think he said, if we need anything, he got us. Like he fuck with us, sent him that shit. He sent it right back. So shout out to lock, um, the producers, soundtrack, Zenon, of course, my brother, DJ Flo, um, did majority of mercy. He did, he did probably six of the joints on there. Um, soundtrack Zenon, of course, um, Will Bracy came through with that hold on shit with me and Mike Sneed. Hold on is, is for sure a standout. Like it's, certified on that one we'll be pushing that one soon hopefully doing a visual um rye man from trey coastal shout out to them uh, and rye man for blessing me with that beat that creation was such an experience too um kevin allen production on there as well who am i missing i think i got everybody i feel bad if i forgot somebody but i think that's everybody that made it and and um Shout out to my boy Exclusive for mixing and mastering that whole joint too, man. It was that that shit was just, it was just fun. It was just a great time, and again, it it there wasn't any intentions to come out with that album because we were working on something completely different. But in the process of just trying to dedicate myself to the craft and like put the time in and like get my chops up, I was in the studio every day, and I'm still I still am now, um, because that proved to be so fruitful. Um, it's like having proof of concept. They say it all the time in, in marketing and strategy and all that shit. Like, yo, proof of concept, proof of concept, proof of concept, proof of concept. And the proof of concept is like, yo, put all your time and energy into the work and you will be rewarded for it. And and there you have it. Mercy was born. So I want to thank everyone who sent incredible uh, text messages and emails about how how they feel about the album. And I, I'm just grateful. I'm grateful. And I didn't mean to talk about it that long, but I just wanted to say that I'm grateful, I'm humble because I'm able to go on the road and perform this record. And the only reason I'm able to perform this record on the road and take my brother's soundtrack Zenon and, and DJ Flow with me out on the road is because we privately fundraised to be able to do this shit. Um, and I was sort of going back and forth about sharing this information, but I think it's, inf- I think it's important for our people to know um, that, in that, you know, it, it sort of seems hopeless. Like for me, I don't, I, I jumped into this with no plan B. Like this is, I'm dedicating everything to uh, creative expression, you know, and, and, and I, I don't regret it for one second. That doesn't mean that it doesn't get hard and it, it that some days aren't very much darker than the other. Um, and what was happening is we kept making these really special, what we felt was special bodies of work and then not being able to hit the road with them. And that's just like cardinal sin one-on-one. You got, but you got to know your demographic. You got to know where you can go. And then you also got to have fucking financing to do it, you know? And luckily enough, been paying attention enough to know where our market is. So we're, we're just going to our market. We're not trying to spread ourselves thin, but we're going to where we know we got people that fuck with us. But in order to do that, we needed finances. And I had an investor contact me. I didn't contact this investor. After my rant on the podcast, when we aired fucking video for the first time, shout out to Lex, I had an investor contact me, offering me financing for the next tour. So I started what, because... I'm, again, because I'm dedicated to this and I'm all in, I was able to fucking plan all that shit within a matter of days. And some of the information I already had because I just had been thinking about it. I was able to plan it and organize it in a matter of days and get it rolling. And once it came time to start putting deposits on things and getting things secured, it's like, oh, well, um, money's tied up elsewhere. 
um, wait, what? I've done all this. I got all this in motion and you're telling me the money's tied up. And so I, I gave myself a day to sort of sort of panic and be frustrated and be mad at the world. But after that, it was like, nah, fam, figure it out. And uh, I remember having a conversation with an entrepreneur friend um, that I met when I moved first moved back to the Bay. And she was telling me about how few people ever even think to privately fundraise amongst family and friends because of, you know, because of it, because of the economic breakdowns for one, but also just the fear of asking, you know, and another friend had given me the book, The Art of Asking, and it sat on my bookshelf for weeks and, I, and months. Um, yeah, not weeks, months and never picked it up. And for some reason that day it was just sticking out. It was like, yo, get put your pride aside, get on the phone and call people. And then I thought about Spike when he had to fundraise for Malcolm X. And I was like, yo, it's worth a shot. Like if if you believe in yourself that much. A no, a no isn't gonna stop you from pursuing it. A no isn't, no isn't gonna break you down, you know. And I got on the phone, man, and 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 I'm proud to say, within the first twelve to fifteen phone calls, I was able to raise the money that I was looking for. And I was, and you know, and I was thinking it was gonna take like fifty or sixty people, but like dead ass, and it was it was way under fifteen phone calls that I made, and and I had the money that I needed to take. My uh, soundtrack zine and DJ flow myself, videographer, and you know, and and people that have booked tours and tried to plan them know how expensive that shit is, and and so with that said, man, I'm I'm honored, I'm grateful, and I really really appreciate all of you, um, and so we're gonna be having a donors dinner for those people that did donate, and just a way to say thank you, man, and and I'm uh, and I'm hopefully gonna be able to showcase uh, the documentary you've been working on for the last shit like almost three years now. Uh, so I want to just want to say thank you to everybody, man. But enough of all of that craziness. I, t- I think I talked your ear off for like 20 minutes. Let's get to these crazy ass questions that y'all sent. Um, hold on. Let me. Let's see. Let's see. We got a, we got a lot of them. And so I'm, I'm hella hype. You're late. I'll knock it out of the front of uh, whatever. Um, Let's see. Let's see. Questions. Questions. Like I said at the top, my, I won't read names this time, but next time I'll check. Ooh, y'all put some shit in here. I guess I got to just go. I'm going to start. I'm going to scroll back up and go from the top. These are in my DMs. I'm going to scroll and go back up from the top and work my way down. And so the order might seem random because some of it's like pop culture shit. Some of it's personal shit. Um, so just bear with the first one comes from a friend a friend I made while I was in Amsterdam this past summer uh, and I believe she's sort of referencing a conversation we were having out there but she's uh, so the question is do you believe in remaining friends with exes and are you comfortable with your partner remaining a friend with their ex <laughs> shit um <sighs> Fuck, this is going to sound hella PC, but for me, I can only ever enter a serious relationship with somebody that I'm a friend with, right? Um, I've, I've always been that way. Like, I, none of none of the people that I've ever dated did I not see as an actual, like, like, like homie, like a, like a, like a best friend in there. Um, and that's not to say that I'm still friends with all of them today, but the, the fucked up part is I would like to be friends with all just about all of them 
Yeah, I would like to be friends with just about all of them today just because of what they meant um, and the rapport we had and the conversations we would have and so forth. Not even not even intimately, just just they were just they've all just been really, really great people. Um, So, yeah. And some of my exes, I'm still friends with, too, though, you know, so I still have some really close relationships with some some people that I had really intense relationships with. Um, So, yeah. I definitely believe in remaining friends with exes. Um, am I comfortable with my partner remaining friends with an ex? Yes. Um, but then I also subscribe to that whole thing. Like, we don't own nobody and people are grown and they're going to do what the fuck they want to do regardless. Um, I know that sounds hella hunky-dory or whatever, too. It's just it's just how I keep my mind at ease, you know. And then just, again, that shit not being personal. Like, if people going if people going to fuck around, they're going to fuck around, you know. Um that's just what I what I personally subscribe to, and again, try not to take that shit personal. Um, so yeah, I, hopefully that answers that question. Um, let's move on. I feel like I'm gonna get killed for that, but that's that's my honest to God how I feel. Um, let's move on. I saw on your. This comes from a friend in uh, in 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 New York. Uh, I saw you and your sister vibing the Backstreet Boys on your story. Is it safe to say that you have them over in sync? No, that's a hard no. Um, I, man, if we go in, in sync definitely has the better, um, the better fucking discography to me. I think uh, just because there's 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 more albums, if I'm not mistaken. If there's not more albums, there there are more uh, noteworthy albums than than Backstreet Boys. But um, in real time, I do remember fucking with Backstreet Boys way more than NSYNC. And this is hella funny because I just had just had to, shout out to my nigga Mo Green, but we were having a a, a text conversation about was which is hella random to be talking about Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. But it was because Backstreet Boys had just put that new single out. And it was just like how many people like closetly fucked with them, both both boy bands and like know all the records and shit. But now it's like cool to come out and say that you fucked with it. But then it's a lot of niggas that didn't fuck with them. So they be looking at you like like hella sideways when you singing the shit all off key in the club. And I'm like, bro, don't you dare judge me right now. nigga. It's 2018. You cannot judge me for knowing a Backstreet Boys song. For damn sure not an NSYNC song, but yeah, not definitely not safe to say that I have them over. I just it would just just so happen that that song came on, cut the camera on, and caught my sister singing "Hell Off Key" to Backstreet Boys, and she hates me for it. But oh well, yeah, that's a good question. How many people? First of all, how many people aren't ashamed to say that they fucked with both boy, all the boy band shit, all the girl band shit, that whole era of music? Like people really still be trying to be hella cool, but get over yourself. Um Okay, yeah, we, yeah, that, yeah, those were the, here, this, now some shit gets some serious shit, this is all, <laughs> this is from a homie uh, that I usually have, that usually likes to debate sports and shit, but, um, oh, fuck, I don't even know if we should talk about this, I guess we gotta try, uh, is the case of Kareem Hunt, uh, Kareem Hunt open and shut, do we need any NFL or, excuse me, do we need any NFL or social media deep dives by anyone about race? 
Huh. I, let me, let me. Hey, social media deep dives about race. I think I know what you mean by that. And if I don't, bro, correct me tomorrow um, when, when, this, when this drops. But the Kareem Hunt shit, man. I, oh, fuck, dude. It's, 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 it's hard. It's, it's really hard to talk about. Um, and, Kareem, and for people that don't know, Kareem Hunt is the running back for the Kansas City Chiefs uh, that was released um, this past weekend when the video footage aired of him. Uh, shoving and kicking a woman uh, outside of his outside of his apartment, uh, I believe it was, or outside of his residence. I don't know if it was an apartment or a law for condo or whatever, but outside of his residence. And from someone that's been in a lot of like drunken altercations like that, not personally, but having to break shit up and like play peacemaker or whatever, like what it looked like happened because this is this is uh, CCTV footage. That that everyone's been watching, but what it looks like happened is that there's drinking involved, obviously, and then it's a group full of chicks, group full of dudes, and everybody go back to the spot, and it's you know it's lit or whatever, and then something happens, the young lady gets 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 asked to leave and don't want to leave, and causes a scene, and and by the by the by the by the time the video footage airs is when you see Kareem Hunt push her push her twice. If I'm not mistaken, um, with with intentions of trying to get to her multiple times, but his his one of one of his one of his friends came out of the residence to try, just try to stop him from ruining his life. Just one of his friends. Keep that in mind. Um, and in the in a really big scuffle, um, incited by him, everybody runs into her and she gets she goes flying. You know, and that's that's important because that that last one where she goes flying isn't him pushing her per se, but it's the the force of him in the midst of everybody else hits her and she goes flying. It looked like she rolled her ankle or whatever and was like trying to collect herself. And so she she was kneeling down and then fam goes over and kicks her. Um, And it's it's I mean having goddaughters and sisters and, and a mom and all that shit. Like it's, it's just gut wrenching to watch. I think this, this whole last few years, man, just of social media and finding out how sick men really fucking are. And like, and like how many of y'all really like actually hate women, bruh, has been so like mind boggling to me. Like, so watching the video was just disgusting. And so just so happened to be at a bar out in Stanford and they got, the big TVs playing like these, I'm talking like 90 inch TVs playing and ESPN is playing the shit on loop. So you trying to sit, get faded, get it in, talk to some people, whatever. And here this fucking video is on loop all night. This was Friday night. And I'm just like, yikes, watching this shit with no sense, even watching it, period. Fuck having sound, but just watching it, period. looks so bad. And immediately I was like, yo, I don't, I, I don't really even care. I don't care to hear his side of what happened. Like immediately, I was like, I don't, I don't give a fuck what your side is, and 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 I know people are gonna be pissed at that, but the only reason I say that is because of how I was raised personally, and my mom, my uncle, my grandma, they 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 all made it really really clear to me, like as a as a black American, you are playing a game, you are entering this game of life is 
the rules and the odds are so stacked against you, fam. You you got to have a lot thicker skin. You got to walk away from a lot more shit. And you just got to, you have to be the bigger person more times than not. And what it, fuck your excuses. Nobody, no one cares. No one cares. And I remember thinking that was the most traumatic thing you could say to a fucking six-year-old when I was younger. But the older I got and the more homies I lost, the more friends and um, that I lost to stupid shit, I realized that my family was doing me such a big favor at, at understanding that this world does not give a fuck about you and you could be gone that fast. And so I say that I said all that to say. Look like Kareem Hunt forgot for a second that no one is going to care about your side of the story. And it's just, just this is just bad. Arguing with arguing with anyone would be bad, but especially a woman and then it getting physical with anyone would have been bad, but especially a woman is going to look even worse. <sighs> and. And so that was my initial reaction. And then wake up this morning. Uh, I'm cooking and shit and I got I got my Griselda on my Benny the Butcher shit, man. That Oh, man. Shout out to Griselda and Benny and everybody. They so Benny. And uh, and Westside might have the two best projects of the year behind J-Rock. Um, just going to go out on a limb to say that. But anyway, I'm listening to that this morning cooking. But I got uh, the DirecTV streaming and the conversation. He sat down. Who did Kareem Hunt sit down with today? Um, uh, a woman reporter for, for ESPN, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I want I want to get her name because I... I and, and the reason her name is very important is because um, she asked some really, really tough questions and like pushed back in a way that I, I really did appreciate um, because it, 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 it allowed it allowed and maybe and maybe that wasn't her intention, but it allowed for him to, to deep dive and, and go and go further. And, and and explain himself and his thinking in that moment. And um, who who did he sit down with? Um, am I not going to be able to find it? Damn. Fuck Chris Morton. He didn't sit down with Chris Morton. You know, who was the lady that he sat down with? This is terrible. Excuse me, y'all. Still trying to find out who... This is why you need a producer so you don't do it. Okay, but I'll, I'll find, I'll, I'll figure it out, guys. I'm sorry. Um, I feel bad because it was a really awesome conversation, and I meant to look her name up. Um, I meant to look her, I meant to look her name up before I started the show, so I wouldn't be have dead air looking for it. But she goes, "Hey, is there anything you want us to know about the details that happened that night?" It's like the third question she asked him, or at least the way they edited. It. And he goes, "You know what?" It really doesn't matter what happened. <laughs> I fucked up. Or I was I was wrong. I was wrong. She didn't deserve that. My family doesn't deserve that. I was raised better than this. Doesn't matter. I was wrong. Right thing to say. Amazing thing to say. Right? She goes, nah, nah, um, we need you to explain yourself. And immediately I went, damn. That's that's also right. And and I thought he I thought he did an amazing job at 
at answering that too. Like, yes, yeah, yeah, some things were said, but again, to get to she she was like, Yeah, what got you to that point? He's like, Yo, some things were said, some things were done, but even none of that matters because I was dead ass wrong. And it was it was it was and then he and then and then further in the in the in the um in the interview he reveals that his team contacted them about like it wasn't the other way around. Usually it's people hounding you to do interviews and he's like, nah, we reached out to y'all. You want I wanted to apologize and let everybody know that I fucked up and taking full responsibility for everything. Um and I don't know, man. I don't know. It's it's a, it's a lot it's a lot more to dive into um but 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 for right now the the just being being physical with people all the shit re- ownership responsibility and and more importantly having good people around man cuz there's no way there's no way on God's green earth that I let one of my homies be in that situation ever ever He'd have to fight me before putting his hands on a woman, no matter how I'm fuck how wrong she was. Just be just because no matter and there's no and it doesn't matter how much alcohol you've consumed, how much weed you've consumed. What what happens in those moments for me personally is that I always remember what my mom said is like, yo, this world, these people, they don't give a fuck about you. And that's where my mind went watching that video. It's like, yo, he didn't have he didn't have good people around, and that's not to just to take take blame off him or displace. Nah, it's not, not to do none of that. It's just, it it, but that shit's important. Why you should always have good people around to make to make the best decision possible for and not have you in fucked up circumstances when you can't when you clearly when you clearly when you obviously aren't thinking clearly because that just none of that shit was was called for. None of it was called for, especially the kick. None of it was called for, but the kick is just like, oh my god. Um, but even more importantly, um, I don't. If if people are going to discuss um, domestic violence and just violence, period. ESPN can't do it under the guidelines of Disney. I'm sorry. They got, they they pick, pick, pick one. Cause y'all dancey and want to be cute with certain shit, but then you want to deep dive on certain shit. Pick a side ESPN, pick a side Fox, everybody pick a side and really get to it. If you're going to get to it, if not shut the fuck up, stop covering it. Cause you, you, you can't, you playing both sides and you, and you leaving out a lot of shit. Oh, we don't do politics in sports. We don't know. Okay, cool. But every, everything's blended now. So talk about all of it or don't talk about none of it. Pick a side, man. Um, damn, that was I didn't, I didn't expect to go there. That was a good-ass question. <sighs> Let's see. What else do we have next? Um, has there been entirely too much music released in 2018? If so, how does the market correct itself going forward? Ooh, damn. Yes, there has been entirely too much music released in 2018. But guess who isn't complaining? You got it. Me. Not complaining. Um, I'm one of those sickos that just listens to music. Probably 
there's probably music on and and I'm not even talking about like making music. I'm talking about other people's music. There's probably other people other people's music on 50%, maybe 60% of my day. When I'm cooking, I'm going to sleep, taking a shower in a car. In a gym. like you know, like it's music is on all the time. And so 2018, while I know some people are like, yo, it's oversaturated, da-da-da-da, I want to go, yo, what are you listening to? Because my 2018 has been incredible as far as music. Like, yeah, there's the, the mainstream shit that everyone knows about, but then there's like these, these, these off-the-beaten-path joints that will fuck your world up, and you can't stop listening to them. But you're like, yo, I got to go listen to this. I got to go. No, bro. Like, the, I'm telling y'all that the... the uh, Benny from Griselda shit. I thought West Side Gun shit was a masterpiece, but then Benny shit came out without. Uh, I think Alchemist did most of the beats, if not all of them, and it's a fucking masterpiece. And it's it's not gonna get the the notoriety of of Meek dropping this week or Anderson Park last week or 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 LMA. No, it's not gonna it's not gonna be on those same people's radar. So that's what I mean. There's their 2018 is. Gave me something for everybody. I got a Grizzly Bear album this year. <laughs> like, I've been, I've been, I've been like a little, a little kid. I felt like a kid again with 2018 with all these releases. So, yes, there's been entirely too much music release. But again, I'm not complaining. And as far as how the market will correct itself, I do believe um, Spotify partnering with DistroKid and and all these all these little weird shit. Things were happening like there's a there's a truce with all the tre- streaming sites right now. Like no one knows that, but there's definitely a truce between Tidal, Spotify, and Apple right now. Like they're not beefing no more and doing the exclusive content shit because there's a truce. So <laughs> we see it like central banking and all the shit. Like there's going to be central centralizing music to where all of the entities and powers work together to take back the power from the creator. Because right now the creators have all the power. And I think we realized it a little too late. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think we realized it a little too late. So like the central banking system, music's about that. <clears throat> because it's all digital, music's about to do the same thing. Excuse me, y'all. Um, so yeah, the, the truce, uh, the Music Modernization Act, like all of those things I've been saying for a few weeks now are really scary. And then the more I thought about it and it's been sitting around walking with it and looking into central banking and just just overall control in general and the government getting involved and that enticing there to be a truce between all the streaming platforms. It's like, huh, what are they doing? What are they up to? You know, and it looks like the control is going to be taken back like that. Um, I don't have any proof, to be honest. It's it's just from pe- I'm just piecing all the things together, like the Distro Kid and Spotify um, mer- um, uh, merging was like mind boggling to me. It's like, yo, is this beneficial for artists or is this going to hurt artists? We don't know yet. We don't know yet, but it it seems like there are aligning to form a conglomerate and take the power back and be able to inflate those numbers back to what they were when when there was physical unit physical things being sold you know um but no 
just just watch watch that unfold more. Watch it close. Watch it more more. Watch it a lot more closely. Um, I don't believe that'll happen like early 2019. I believe right around right around uh, Grammy time, we'll start to see some things start to take. We'll start to see some things happen where we start going, oh, okay. And then as 2019 closes, we'll get a clearer picture on the power play that all of these entities have made that'll springboard us into 2020 and creatives will be sent back into this place of like having to figure it out again, um, which we always do. So, yeah, that's my that's my thoughts around that. Uh, What else do we have? Uh, Anderson Pock being the next under Dr. Dre's umbrella. Can we cement him as the greatest? Yes. <laughs> um, I, I suppose we can do we can go eat further on that. But and look at Dre. Look at the family tree of Dr. Dre. So NWA, Easy e Ice Cube. Cool. Um, that gives us DLC. That gives us Suge. That Suge Knight, excuse me. That gives us Snoop Dogg. Um, that gives us Daz Corrupt. Um, we don't have to do the whole Death Row family tree, but we can out of respect. RBX, Lady Rage, Danny Boy. We we can we can do that all night if we need to. Um, <sighs> Pac, yeah, but not really. Um, Warren G. Yes. Hell yes. Nate Dog. Hell yes. Um, and we get and we get in then we get into the aftermath days. Then we see and we see Eminem. Um Then we see and we see fifty in that whole run. We see game the game the game's emergence. Um then it gets quiet for a little bit. Then we get Kendrick and everything that is TDE. And and then we get, and then, and then we arrive at, at, at Anderson Park. So, damn, can we, can we think of one person that's at the center of, of more earth moving music? Can we think of one person? Um, Quincy, Quincy Jones. But I, I, I guess that's I guess that's what this person is. What this person is asking is in like in reference to like a Quincy Jones and um and 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 others. But I I don't know who else would even be able to be mentioned with Quincy and and Dre at this point. Am I bugging? Maybe maybe there are people in like in like rock and roll and shit and like other genres that I'm missing. Um, hmm. Barry Gordy. I, I guess Barry Gordy. That's that's different though. Like Barry Gordy wasn't making the music. I think I I I, I think we're talking more so about making the music because if we're talking about making the music, it's yeah, it's just Dre, Dre and Quincy are in a class of their own, right? Am I bugging? People don't kill me for this, but I'm I'm having a I'm having a brain fart. But I genuinely don't think no one else is fucking like in terms of making, being hands on with the music and being, and being connected with all this different shit. So you, you again, 
we're talking about NWA all the way up to Anderson Park with with multiple um how many diamond records in that span? We got Get Richard I Trying Diamond. M has three diamond joints or two. Dre has two. Snoop. Yeah, man, I don't yeah, I'm I'm going Dre. I'm going Dre and, and, and Quincy and are in a are in a stratosphere all by themselves. And if I'm wrong, fight me. <laughs> um Let's see. Let's see. Let's do. Let's do one more. Oh no. Let's. Damn. Let's do two more. <laughs> Where does your hate for the Warriors stem from? I do not hate the Golden State Warriors. Don't y'all dare fix y'all lips to say that. I don't hate the Warriors. I hate their fans, and 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 and, and the ownership. <laughs> I love the play. Steph is Steph. We've never seen anything like Steph. Steph has changed the game forever. Uh, Clay, you talk about the the epitome like cha- like he he also changed the game too. Like he's not just three and D. Like a lot of a lot of these new cats that are getting paid uh, max dollars are three and D, and that's it. Clay isn't just three and D. Clay is three and D. Oh, and by the way, I can give you fifty in a night, but dolo by myself too. You know, so Clay's different. Draymond is. Y'all know me, undersized, undersized big men. I'm always gonna have a have a soft spot in my heart for. It. So Dre is my guy. KD is also another favorite player, and I don't subscribe to the whole thing of super teams and all that shit. Like I I don't care. You go ball and be happy. And I also know that KD's decision was more business than anything. And so if you can come and quadruple your portfolio. And win some rings while you doing it, my nigga. I'm choosing that every day, as opposed to staying in Oklahoma City to make y'all happy. Fuck y'all. I'm going to get. I'm going to stack. The, get my portfolio nice. Get this bread and get some rings. And y'all. And I don't care what your cupcake. All that. Call me what you want, but my portfolio is nice. Oh, and I got rings by the way. So yeah, I'm not trying to hear that shit at all about the super teams. I love the players. The heartbreak around the Warriors for me though, getting to the shit is. I was one of the kids that um, would buy. So when they would put the package thing on TV, I'd beg my mom to purchase the Warrior ticket package. So what you could you could buy like four games, but it was like the Sunday games, and you could buy like six tickets for a little bit of nothing. But you'd be sitting in the nosebleeds, and you get uh, you get a voucher for a hot dog and a soda, or popcorn and a soda, or some shit like that, and. My mom would get that shit. So every year there was going to be this run of six games where I was going to get to see um, the Warriors, but then like some of the uh, my other favorite players in the league. And over that time, I just my love for the Warriors grew because that shit was just so fun. And I was like, right around the time when they introduced Thunder and the new and, the, and they changed the colors and, and all the shit. And, and 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 the guys that they had on the teams were like the biggest group of misfits, but they were our misfits. Like they were just so fun, like spree and them were just fun to watch. And they were always hella cool. Like, cause you got to go, like we, we ended up knowing one of the security guards and he would always take me back to the locker room and got to meet spree, Joe Smith, Jason Caffey, Daniel Marshall, Larry Hughes, Bob Sura, like, those were those were my warrior teams, you know. Um, Donald Foyle, uh, Eric Dampier, all those guys. Um, but we would go, 
and because the because the uh, because or I don't even wasn't even Oracle back then. It was uh, Oakland Coliseum, and shit would be so empty that you could the nosebleed tickets you that you would get in those packages. You'd sit up there for half of the first quarter, and then by the time second quarter hit, you were fucking like eight rows back from courtside. You know, so it was this really dope like experience to get to see the especially because I love the game so much to be that close and then not be able to afford the courtside tickets but eventually be that be close enough and then get to meet the players. So it's like some some mythical shit to me. And then but as the, the more you learn and you see how much of a big business it is and all that stuff, man, you're like, oh this isn't this isn't for me. <laughs> They're winning now. They're corporate now. Silicon Valley is what it is. Um and, you know, and the cost of living and everything is just through the roof in the Bay Area. And so some like the, you know, the the lower the lower class, not even the middle class, the lower class is what kept. Kept the Warriors like lit, like to put it, put it as frank as possible, like the, the lower class is what kept them lit and they were able to draft well and it, it, it happened it happened um it happened in the same at the same time as the the silicon valley boom and and the tech boom and and the real estate boom in the bay area and they're not our team anymore they haven't been our team for 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 shit almost a decade now you know and and that's that's heartbreaking because you get the the you're 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 hardened by the business of it all you know, like I, I'm, I'm impressed with the business. I'm fascinated by the business of it all. Same way, like, like, like the whole. I can watch the Trump documentaries and shit, and not feel away because I'm just fascinated by the, the approach and the thinking and shit. Like, it's not no emotion there. Like, I, like again, that's not enough emotion. My emotion was just tied into that little kid that got to go and see the game. So I don't hate the Warriors, man. I just, I don't because it's big business. I don't want to get, get all wrapped up and like all oh, this our team we believe we're doing this for the city man and people don't give a fuck about y'all like they the second shit got lit they took the shit over to san francisco and the one thing people got to stop saying is that oh it's just san francisco no nigga that's not just san francisco no more that's another fucking country now bridge toll about to go up them tickets about to be dumbass high traffic to get in that bitch is about to be stupid so people got to stop saying that that's just san francisco um especially people that's not from here kenny chuck and all them on NBA on um inside the nba on 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 tnt and stuff like you you niggas not from here so you don't know that that's a whole nother country um essentially san francisco is with i seen some shit the other day where even if you making 300k you can't afford to live in the city boy that's so crazy and they're trying to cross the bridge with all that bullshit man come on man it's this it's getting it's getting nuts um, and so that's, again, that's where my mind goes with shit like that. It's where people that, yeah, so I don't, I don't hate them. Crown with, uh, oh, Meek's crown tonight. Oh shit. Meek's crown came out today. Shout out to Elliot Wilson and, uh, and B-Dot for doing that crown or, or Elliot Wilson doing the crown with Meek. Um, let's do one more question. No, we'll be, I've been renting for a little, little bit over an hour. My bad. I didn't mean to keep y'all this long. Um, How do you deal with negative commentary around your pursuit music? Holy shit, this is creepy. Um, shout out to my homie Soundtrack. We had this conversation at uh, rehearsal for tour the other day. We, we just started talking about this, and so it's crazy that 
but this is a, this is coming from another rapper, so I get it why he's asking this question. Um, I'm telling you the same way I told soundtrack. Like you, you learn you learn a very hard lesson that even if it's family, um, family or close friends, that you you got to distance yourself. You know because if you subscribe to the whole theory that thoughts become things, man. Uh, whenever I'm saying something, it's like prophecy for me. So I'm like, I'm, it's a, it's a mantra, you know, um, I'm, I'm waking up and I'm telling myself, y'all like my five beats a day are what's getting me closer to my dream, getting me closer to my goal, making sure that I write a 32 just to have one on deck is important just to sharpen my skills. Um, making sure that I sign up for, uh, an acting class, a writing class, all this stuff is so important. And, you know, and, it, and, and it's, it's not an, it's not a knock on anyone. It's just different approaches. But from the, from the time we enter into, into school, it's just like everything's geared towards having you operate within a, within a, a, a similar thread of thinking. And it, it unfortunately just don't work that way. Um, I'm not, I don't, I'm not knocking nobody that has a nine to five more power, more power to you. Like that stability dog, I would kill for that stability right now. But I also, I also have this thing where I can't, I can't of sound mind and body work for a corporation. Um, and this is, this is embarrassing to admit that out loud, but it's my truth. But I of sound body and mind work for somebody else who had a dream just like you. You know what I'm saying? I, I just re- I'd rather go out swinging. Is is a decision that I made um, a long time ago, and and I lost a lot of friends in the process. I lost a lot of family members in the process. Of people that don't deal with me because it's we just not on the same thinking. But I don't I don't again I don't hate them. And I don't and and I, and I don't take it personal. Again, it's not taking it personal. Like they don't they don't hate me or despise me for my decision. Um, I actually think the opposite. I think it's. Uh, I think they that I think they think what I'm doing is admirable, and they wish that they had the courage to do that. I I, I genuinely believe that shit, um, and and that even that might be ignorant of me to to think, but it I, it's it's I, it's just how I feel. It's just a feeling I get, you know, and so like with this tour thing, for example, or I think a big reason why I was scared to privately fundraise and like call friends and family for for donations and shit to the tour because it's like how many people even fuck with the music for one even care and then two how many people want to give they hard-earned ass money to somebody that they see is just a fucking rapper you know with not without without understanding all of the work and the time that i put in and how much more than a rapper i i i am and that i'm aspiring to be um you know this is just, just semantics at that point and and I'm I'm going off the, the handle, but I'm just offering some perspective into how that I deal with that per se, and and I and I just don't, I don't. It's not no ill will. It's not no hard feelings. I don't have no malice towards them. I just don't deal with it. I keep going. I keep pushing. And and my because my I'm just, I'm so focused. And again, one of the best things I ever, I, I've I've ever, um, I've ever witnessed is being a fan of Hove since Reasonable Doubt and and him saying shit and then reading reading those reviews and people being like, yo, he just Big Willie, he just bragging, he just doing this, he just doing that. 
And I never saw it as that. A lot of the, a lot of rap music, when when cats is rapping about stuff, I never saw it as bragging. I always thought about it as prophecy. Like the people are speaking about things that they want to accomplish and want to do. Want to be a multimillionaire, you know. Want to be able to provide, like, st- financial, st- financial, uh, financial stability, but also. Uh, financial awareness to the people around them to create generational wealth within their family like these are the things that like when you hear when 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 the when the naked ear hears bragging and boasting and like stunting and shit and big willy shit i hear i hear prophecy of wanting to be better and provide a better life for people to come after them man that's the most selfless shit you could do to change everything after you so that the people, the people in your lineage that come up behind you, start start ahead of the game as opposed to starting behind the game, and I'm I, I'm done having that conversation with people that that don't really understand that and want to just want to want to want to want to piss on capitalism. Fuck that, man. Let's play this game and get this money for everybody else. You know what I'm saying? But that's it's neither here nor there. Um, back to the point of dealing with the negative commentary is just that I I don't. Any negative energy, if your energy is off, please stay the fuck from around me. Don't call my phone. None of that. I saw Plies put that video up and I couldn't agree more. It's like, my nigga, if you having a bad, fucked up day and and that's where you want to stay, don't call my phone. Because I'm inclined to tell you to get off your ass and go and go find happiness somewhere else. Because it, it, you're making a choice at that point. If the shit got you stressed out, won't you, won't you, won't. You make you 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 making a choice to stay in in that misery, and that's fucked up to say black and white, but it is that black and white, because you could easily decide like I'm, I'm happier than I ever been. I don't have shit to show for that happiness outside of the, outside of having the happiness. You know what I'm saying? So it's just it's just it's just tough, man. But I've made a choice to stay as far as possible from around any energy like that. Um. Is it? We had a few more questions, but it's like shit I don't really want to talk about. Somebody asked about six nine. I really don't give a fuck to be honest with you. Um, it's too much. It's too much. Like it's intertwining too much like street shit and people doing like weird shit that you're not supposed to do in street shit that I don't really subscribe to. So I can't talk about that. I, I refuse. Um, I already addressed the show. Already addressed the tour. Um, um, date so. Uh, December 12th, we're in Ashland, Oregon. I better see all my Ashland people. December, The very next night, December 13th, we're in Portland. We better see all my people. Uh, four, December 14th, we're in Olympia. The 15th, we're in Bellingham. The 16th, we're in Spokane. And in the 18th, we're in Vancouver, BC. Man, I'm, I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, hit my IG to find more information. Um, about venues, um, Ashland, we're at, we're at, uh, we're at the iPub in Portland, we're at Valentine's, um, oh man, yeah, I, I can't, I can't wait, you guys, you guys, you guys tap in, and we're gonna, we're gonna have a blast, man, and I'm doing all, of, I'm doing, uh, all of Mercy, I'm bringing Soundtrack and Zine and, and DJ Flow with me, and we're gonna, we're gonna get it in, man, so any, anybody that, uh, wants to come fucking around and be on a podcast while we're on the road, uh, hit me, Hit me today uh, when this airs. Uh, DM me or text me or email me or whatever if you got my number, um, and we can set that up for having you on the show. And in the meantime, man, you guys keep prospering, um, keep striving to be 
the best version of yourselves and and, and contribute uh, to to you to you and yours around you, man. Just let's just let's just keep let's just keep doing the doing the doing the detail, focusing on the detail work of one another. Um, and this has been Meet the Brave uh, with Monty Draper, and we'll we'll have Juan Poe and uh, and and I and LG back uh, shortly too, man. But in the meantime, appreciate y'all.